uh, to talk about a rather difficult topic, but it's a topic that pervades our culture, that seems to touch every fabric of Western society and beyond, and that is the issue of pornography. Uh, now, I realize that can be a sensitive topic, a sensitive issue for a lot of people. It can bring up a lot of shame. It can bring up a lot of insecurities, a lot of uh, vulnerability, maybe to the point where we're like, hey, I'd rather just live in ignorance. Let's not talk about this issue. But the reality is almost everyone in some way, shape, or form has been affected by pornography. 79% of men ages 18 to 30, that represents the males in this room, 79% of them view pornography once a month, ages 18 to 30, males. 76% of women ages 18 to 30 view pornography once a month. What that says is that this is not simply a men's issue. In fact, virtually one-third of all people who look at pornography are women. One-third. Over half of all divorce cases involve one spouse with a pornography obsession. Over half. Pornography makes more money than the NBA, MLB, and NFL combined. At $97 billion a year, the sex industry makes $3,000 every second. Just shy of 90% of all porn is made right here in the U.S. And it's viewed more commonly in urban areas when people or where people make a nice living and have undergraduate degrees. The reality is, is that pornography is everywhere. And if we don't talk about it in here, then we will suffer in silence out there. The reality is, is that pornography has been peddled to us over and over and over and over again, and it's everywhere. And I'm sick and tired of the world saying that they have something better than the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because the reality is, is what Jesus offers you is far better than what pornography can offer you. And so tonight, it's my hope and it's my prayer that whether you've been exposed to pornography or whether you know someone who has, may tonight be the night where we leave our sin and our shame at the feet of Jesus and take up the hope that we have in the gospel. Tonight I'm going to give a brief talk on pornography. I'm going to talk about the problem of pornography, and then I'm going to talk about the solution of pornography, and then we're going to break up into guys and girls. We'll have discussion panels where you'll have an opportunity to discuss. And it's, again, my hope and my prayer that we step out of hiding, we step out of the shadows, we step out of darkness into light and experience the freedom that Jesus has to offer us. But before we do, let me pray. Father, we thank you for being a generous creator. You created the beauty of a human body. You created the euphoria of knowing someone in a relationship. You created the intimacy that comes with sex. And yet, Lord, we are sorry for taking those things and twisting them into something you never intended. We're sorry for objectifying the human body, using people to dominate a relationship and turning sex into an idol that cannot possibly fulfill all of our desires and pleasures. May we see tonight that the power of our sin is great, but that the power of the gospel is greater. May tonight heaven rejoice because college students right here in Omaha, Nebraska repented of their sins. May tonight this room be a place where people come out of the shadows of sin and bring their confession into the light. 
May tonight be conviction for the abuser and hope for the abused. May tonight be a restoring of order in our hearts of the created order, where God takes his rightful place on the throne and sex is restored to its status as a good gift and that the perversion of pornography is rendered powerless. Jesus, we can't wait for the day when you return and all sexual immorality is thrown into hell and every porn website experiences a connectivity error and every person who has been scarred from the porn industry will find ultimate healing at the foot of the cross. Jesus, we ask these things in the power of your holy name. Amen. Well, I was nine years old uh, when I was first exposed uh, to pornography. Uh, I saw a uh, naked woman in a movie, and I really wasn't sure what I had seen, but I knew that I was intrigued enough to know that I wanted to see more of that. Uh, fast forward uh, three years, I was 12 years old. Uh, that was the legal age to go see a uh, actually, no, I'm sorry, it's 13 because it's PG-13. I was at the legal age to go see a PG-13 movie, and it happened to be the movie Titanic that had just came out. Uh, if you're not familiar with that movie, it has nudity in that movie, and it was a big deal because it wasn't rated R. It was rated PG-13, and let's just say I went to see that movie, and it wasn't because the boat sank. I went for other reasons. Uh, fast forward to high school, and things began to progress a little bit. I began to uh, 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 stay up late, sneak behind my parents' back, and try to catch softcore pornography on the HBO channel that we had. It progressed even further as we got into college, and my roommate, my freshman year, he had a subscription to Hustler, where he was shipped uh, DVDs that had hardcore pornography on them once a month, and he was happy to share with me. That began a year... Uh, or a, year, a years-long addiction to pornography that extended into my first couple of years of marriage. And it progressed from DVDs to the internet, and it followed me, and it shamed me, and it brought me into guilt, and it made me feel dirty. But by God's grace, I was actually caught in that sin. I repented to my wife. I repented to some close friends who actually walked alongside me, who challenged me uh, with God's grace, who encouraged me to walk out the life that God had called me to in obedience. And through the power of the gospel, I've experienced freedom from pornography. Now, here's the thing. I'm not standing up here as someone who's figured it all out. I'm not standing up here as someone who does not struggle with temptation to lust. I'm not standing up here as someone who never feels shame over my past and is tempted to believe in condemnation. But I do stand up here as someone who has seen the power of grace in my life and it's radically changed me. And if pornography is a sin issue for you, my hope and my prayer is that you can experience this same radical change. Tonight I've got two points. If you're taking notes, you can write these down. The first point is this, the problem. The problem, pornography corrupts your desire and destroys you. Pornography corrupts your desire and destroys you. To make sure that we're all on the same page, I think it'd be a good idea for us to define what pornography actually is. Here's a definition you can use. Pornography is any image, video, or writing that includes sexual expressions that are intentionally arousing sexual desire 
and pleasure. Let me give you some examples of this because I think that's helpful to flesh it out. Websites, magazines, and DVDs with naked men and women on them performing sexual acts or acting provocatively is porn. Literature and romance novels that talk about sexual acts is pornography. Fifty Shades of Grey and that trilogy is pornography. Sexting while you're sending pictures and or explicit acts in a text message to someone that is not your spouse, that is pornography. Imagining a woman or man naked and having sex with you and that person is not your spouse and you are imagining that in your mind, that is pornography. It's your made up pornography in your mind. In all these instances, pornography is not okay. It's not okay, it is sin. But the question we have to ask ourselves tonight is where does this come from? In order to solve the problem of porn, we have to look deep within our own hearts and trace it back to the source of where does this come from? Mark 7, 21 through 23, Jesus says it pretty distinctly. He says, For from within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts, sexual morality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these things come from within, and they defile a person. Those two words that you see in that text, sexual immorality, is actually one word in the Greek, and it's this word pornonia. Pornonia literally has the word porn in it. It's where we get our word pornography. So every time you see sexual immorality in the New Testament, it's a safe bet to say that pornography qualifies as sexual immorality. But here's the thing. Notice where Jesus says this comes from. It comes from the heart. Guys, here's a little secret. Nobody looks at porn just to look at porn. There's a reason we look at porn. There's something fundamentally wrong in our hearts to desire pornography. The temptation for porn doesn't necessarily come from pornography. The temptation for pornography actually comes from within our own heart. We have twisted motives, twisted desires, and that has resulted in why we are chasing after pornography. See, the, the sin of pornography actually reveals a deeper symptom in us. It shows that we've taken God's good desire for sex. Sex is a good thing that God created, but we have corrupted it and perverted it. Instead of desiring sex in the context that God has allowed, we now want to experience sex in any and every context. Rather than going to God to fulfill our desires, we are now chasing sex and things like pornography to fulfill us in ways that they were never meant to. And this is how sin works. See, sin isn't just some bad things we invented. Sin is actually taking what God has created, which is good, and that is sin, and perverting it and corrupting it. Sexual desire, that is a good thing. You were wired that way. You were built that way. God made you that way. But our sinful desires or our sinful hearts corrupt the sexual desire that God has given with us in almost every way. After discipling many guys in this issue of pornography, I can tell you that porn is almost always a way to get certain desires fulfilled. Let me show you how this worked in my own life. For me, I often engaged in pornography because I desired pleasure. But rather than seeking pleasure in Christ, I decided to seek that pleasure in pornography. Rather than believing that God was good enough to define what pleasure should be in my life, I wanted to define what pleasure was in my own life. I didn't believe that God's design for sex was pleasurable enough. And so I chased it in pornography. 
Other times I engaged in pornography because I desired to be validated without having to actually prove myself. Instead of finding validation in Jesus Christ who already proved himself for me, I went and chased it in pornography. Sometimes I engaged in porn because I was bored and lonely. And I was using porn to fulfill my desires for significance and community rather than seeing that that was fulfilled in Jesus and his church. Guys, do you see how the issue of pornography ultimately stems from this fact that we have corrupted desires? Until we ask ourselves the question, what am I trying to get from pornography? Why am I going to pornography? What am I actually looking for in it? What am I expecting it to give me? Until we ask questions like that, we'll never actually address the real problem in our heart. And guys, make no mistakes, pornography will destroy you. This is not some character flaw that we can manage. This is not some pet uh, characteristic that we can keep under control. It's not just a harmless activity. 1 Corinthians 6 says this, flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but, sexual immor- or, but a sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Our culture would argue that sin is, or, uh, pornography is a harmless sin. It doesn't really uh, bother or hurt anyone, so why can't I do it? But that is just simply not true because the person that pornography harms the most is the person that's actually watching it. Studies have shown that sexually explicit material is correlated with social anxiety, depression, low motivation, erectile dysfunction, concentration problems, and negative self-perceptions when it comes to the body and actions of a sexual partner. Pornography puts people at risk of more than likely developing sexual deviant tendencies, committing sexual offenses, and buying into the rape myth. In other words, it makes you prone to violence and dominating others. It hardwires your brain to connect to more images on the screen, and it lessens your capabilities of connecting intimately with your spouse, but it does so through a numbing of your brain because the dopamine released in watching porn is so strong that eventually you will become desensitized and you will be forced to go after to more graphic, more horrific, more disgusting issues of pornography just to get your fix. You'll go into longer and longer and longer sessions of watching porn just to get your fix, to overcome the numbness. I could go on and on about the biological effects uh, and, and sociological effects and all kinds of other effects and just that, that is just pure destruction that pornography ravages on the human body. But perhaps the greatest destruction of pornography is that it separates us from the very thing we were created for. And that is a relationship with God. If you go up a little earlier in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, it says in 1 Corinthians 6, 8, that the sexually immoral will not inherit the kingdom of God. People who view pornography will not inherit the God, or inherit the kingdom of God. Pornography ultimately destroys us because we end up believing that God is not good enough to fulfill our desires. And so we reject him for porn and we spiritually starve ourselves to death. And we miss out on the only one that can actually satisfy our souls. So what are we to do with this problem? How do we solve this epidemic in our culture? Well, the truth is we can't solve it. We need a solution outside of ourselves, and that solution is Jesus Christ. So if the problem is that pornography ultimately hurts and destroys us and corrupts our desires, then the solution is that the gospel changes your heart and makes you holy. 
The solution to pornography is the gospel because it changes your heart and makes you holy. If we return to actual, or if we return actually to 1 Corinthians 6, uh, verses 8 through 11, we see that in verse 8, remember, it says that sexual immorality causes us to miss out on the kingdom of God. But I love what it says in verse 11. It says this, And such were some of you. Some of you were sexually immoral, meaning some of you looked at pornography, but you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Guys, the good news of the gospel is that you can have your sins of watching pornography washed clean. They can be erased. Don't go to your web browser's history and try to erase it and think that that's good enough. Go to the king of the universe who literally poured out his blood to erase your sexual sin permanently. I think for so many of us, we feel so dirty over our pornography addiction that we would rather remain in hiding in isolation. But the reality is, Jesus has already outed you on the cross. All the shame and dirt and guilt you might feel over your sexual sin, Jesus on the cross felt that as he was stripped naked, as he was objectified, as he was mocked, and as he bore the penalty for your sexual sin. Jesus Christ was destroyed by the, uh, the pornography sin that should have destroyed you. He stepped in the gap, and he took on that destruction himself. You don't have to live in isolation and in shame, thinking, what if people only knew I was a sinner? Guess what? We already know. Jesus came and said we're all sinners. Jesus says I came for the right, or I came for the unrighteous, not the righteous. I came for the sick, not those who are healthy. The destruction that porn has over us was rendered powerless on the cross as Jesus was destroyed in our place. Tonight I plead with you, don't stay in isolation and shame. Come into the light and find forgiveness for your souls and be washed clean from your sins. Jesus stands ready to give you a new heart, a new heart that is filled with affections and desires for him. He longs to give you his spirit who will come in and woo you over to who he is and empower you to walk a life of purity. How do we do this? How can we find freedom from pornography? Well, let me just say that Jesus is the one who provides that freedom. He alone is the one that can give us grace if we place our trust in him. But let me give you three responses to the gospel of Jesus. Make it easy. I've put it in an acronym. It's just CPR. CPR. The first is confession. We need to, the first thing we need to do in response to Jesus' offer of grace and salvation and forgiveness for our sin of pornography is to confess it. When David raped Bathsheba and murdered her husband, he prayed this prayer in Psalm 51. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me through only, uh, uh, wash me thorough only from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sins. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. The first step in response to the gospel is to confess your sins. Admit that we have not lived up to the sexual standard that God has had for us. Admit that we have taken what God has designed for sex and perverted it with pornography and ask that God might forgive us of our sexual sins. The first is confess. The second is people. Guys, it's not simply good enough just for you to confess your sins to Jesus and call it good. You need to walk with the people of God. You cannot 
fight against the temptation of pornography isolated from the church. You will not win. I tried to do that for years. You will not win that battle. You need help. And through God's grace, he has provided the church to help you and me. I love Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. Notice that it doesn't say let me or let I. It says let us. Let us do this together. Let us lay aside every weight. Let us lay aside sin which clings so closely and let us run together. So often, the, the truth of the gospel, we are not strong enough on our own to speak that truth over our temptation. So often, we are not strong enough on our own to speak gospel truth over our shame of our past. We need other brothers and sisters speaking that truth into our hearts until it sinks deep. We need others if we are going to fight against pornography. If God is going to make us holy as we respond to his gospel of grace. So the first is confession. The second is people. The third is replace. You need to replace porn with actions that allow your heart affections to be stirred toward Jesus and away from porn. Let me say that again. You need to replace porn with actions that will stir up your heart affections for Jesus and replace Jesus with porn. Here's the reality, and let me be clear. The goal of this talk is not to get you to stop looking at porn. The goal of this talk is not to get you to stop looking at porn. The goal of this talk is so that you love Jesus more and more. Do you guys realize, I think so many, for many of us, we have this false finish line. Oh, if I could just stop looking at porn, then I would be good. But here's the problem. Not looking at porn isn't good enough, right? If, if, sexual, if the sexual sin of pornography is bad enough to get you into hell, you living a sexually pure life is not good enough to get you into heaven. The answer to the problem of the sin of pornography is not you trying harder and buckling down more and saying, I am resolved to live a pure life. The answer for the sin of pornography is the already righteous life of Christ on your behalf. You must trust in that. We have to replace our sins with things that draw us close to Jesus. Jesus doesn't just want to remove sexual immorality. He wants to make us holy. Let me close with this. I think one of the biggest hang-ups for those struggling with porn addiction is that we're convinced we're never going to get free from it. We're convinced, I'm always going to deal with this. Pornography is just a part of life. This is always going to be in my life. But let me say as clearly as I can, that's just not true. If you've trusted in Jesus Christ and you've placed your faith in him, he has given you the Holy Spirit to live inside of you and the Holy Spirit does not suck at making people holy. It's what he does best. The same guy who rose Jesus from the dead has that kind of power. Do you think he's not strong enough to allow you to experience freedom over pornography? Really? We're gonna put the Holy Spirit in that kind of a box? 
if you've trusted in Jesus, the end goal of your life is a life without sin, a life without any sexual sin, a life where sex is put back in its proper place, where you know a complete, uninterrupted, peaceful, amazing relationship with Jesus. As we put forth effort under the power of grace alone, we will see change from one degree of glory to the next, where each day as we put our head on our pillow, we look one day closer to looking like Jesus because the Holy Spirit is in us and he does not fail. 1 Thessalonians 5. May I speak these verses over to you as a blessing as we break into our groups. It says this. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then hear this. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. The problem of porn is that it corrupts our desires and destroys us, but the solution is the gospel of Jesus Christ, which changes our hearts and makes us holy. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for tonight. I pray that tonight is the beginning of new normals for people where they step out of hiding, step out of the shadows, step out of the darkness into the light and confess their sin. And I pray as the people of God, we'd be waiting there with open arms to encourage them and point them to the one that can save their souls, Jesus Christ. Point them to the one who forgives them of their sin. Point them to the Holy Spirit who has empowered them to live a pure life. God, may we leave this place giving you all the glory. May we leave this place with affections and eyes that see Jesus as so much better than pornography. It's in your son's name that I pray. Amen.